The voice of reason. The voice of alarm. The voice of stats. The voice of scouts. The voice of Kool-Aid. The voice of dismay. The voice of Davo. Your Donald Ventura is back, throwing the most impressive game that we've seen from him since Game 6 of the World Series, and in my estimation, the most impressive of the 2015 season. Seven shutout innings against the Reds as the Royals win back-to-back shutouts for the first time since 1992 and defeating Cincinnati three to nothing and it's Davo on your dish right here on Clubhouse Conversation where we will break down tomorrow's finale after we rave about your Ventura and Mike Moustakis and Omar Infante as well but let's start off with your player of the game today your Ventura obviously slam dunk no brainer on the player of the game although I wanted to give it to Moose with how great Moose was too but Ventura earns his first player of the game award of the 2015 season here on your dish seven innings no runs four hits six strikeouts no walks which is impressive for so many reasons now let's make one caveat that yes Cincinnati is a team that lacks play discipline at times kind of a power hitting team it's going to swing a lot. They in a lot of ways they're kind of like the Royals, although the Royals obviously have a lot more guys that can do things with the bat, a lot more speed, don't rely on the long ball quite as much as the Reds do to score runs. But I mean in some ways they're similar to the Royals with the plate discipline and how they swing and approach at bats. But that's the only caveat I have. Take nothing away from Ventura tonight. For so many reasons this was so impressive tonight. We find out after the game at the press conference from Ned Yost that he was worried about Ventura before this game started, how far he could even go. We didn't know that after his last start that he had the issue with the finger and fingernail, which explains why he was pulled tonight after 88 pitches. Normally, I think Ned would have ridden with Yardano a bit longer, but 88 pitches through seven, I mean, no walks. It's a career best there, no walks. Six Ks, four hits. And I don't even think that line is sexy enough for how well he threw. I mean, I I think he was even sexier than that line. How many balls were actually hit hard tonight? I mean, there was a nice defensive play by Lorenzo Cain. There was one where Gordon went back and made a a nice catch that was smoked. Um, But really, I mean, I can't think of more than maybe one or two other balls that were hit that hard the whole game. Even some of the hits. I mean, there was the secondary pitches is the second reason the start was so impressive. So you've got the injury and him coming out. Well, not injury, but the ailment, we'll call it. Him persevering through that and grinding through that, first of all. I mean, even in the bullpen, Ned said that Salvi was getting nailed and a little nervous about everything. And things turned out fine, of course. But the second thing was the secondary pitches. And that's what made the start so real. There was nothing fluky about the velocity, which also was up tonight. But the secondary pitches, we saw him for the first time this year effectively consistently use that changeup. To me, the changeup was a big deal tonight. And he brings it out from time to time. But when he's really good, he's got that third pitch. The breaking ball was also commanded much better. There was one breaking ball elevated I feel like the whole game and I you know I was sitting behind home plate so I don't have the pitch graph you know in front of me like you do on TV but there was one to Jay Bruce leading out the third inning that was hit for a single that was up but for the most part how many curveballs were even up change up was great I mean the secondary pitches were fantastic Giordano turns in another great start I mean against his fellow countryman Johnny Cueto that had to have been a big deal for him so There's just so many reasons. I mean, the Royals need more innings from their starters, obviously. The Royals need their starters to be better, namely Yordano Ventura and Danny Duffy. We keep talking about that. 
So hopefully Danny Duffy can follow suit now on Saturday against the St. Louis Cardinals. Let's give the Royals training staff a lot of credit as well, by the way, for not only Ventura being prepared tonight and better, but also uh, let's go back through the list here. I mean, Edison Volquez didn't miss a start with that blister, which looked horrible. I would have missed like three months with that thing. Then Omar Infante, we thought was going to need the DL earlier, you know, against in that Oakland game, the Brett Laurie Sunday afternoon game, went limping into second on the double, which he's, by the way, six now in the league in doubles. We thought that Omar was going to need DL, didn't. Alex Rios, good news, about a week to 10 days away from beginning his rehab, maybe a hair ahead of schedule. I mean, they just continue to do great work. And by the way, just so you know, give yourself a million dollars. I mean, you can't do that, obviously. But. I'm willing to bet there's not a single person in the world, unless you were on that Royals team in 92. I don't even think Art Stewart would remember this. I don't even think Bob Dutton would remember this. Was Dutton here back then? I don't know if he was. I think he was. Dick Cagle. Luis Aquino and Chris Haney were the last two guys who started those games when the Royals threw back-to-back shutouts, September 21st and 22nd of 92. Wouldn't you have thought Apier or Gubazar or one of those guys would be involved? Luis Aquino and Chris Haney. Did any living person besides somebody on that roster, or maybe Art Stewart, or maybe... There's no way Denny remembers that. I mean, who would remember that? A meaningless season like 92? Aquino and Haney. So, Volquez and Ventura, the killer Vs, begin this current streak, and who knows? I mean, I wonder if the Royals have ever had three shutouts in a row. Probably. It'd be great to find out tomorrow. We'll talk about that game here in a bit. But... Let's also give some props to Kelvin Herrera coming in in that eighth inning. We found out that Greg Holland, of course, missed the game with a stiff neck. Hopefully, the training staff can whip up some more uh, you know, of, of that amazing magic they keep doing and, and get Holland back out there shortly. There's an off day on Thursday, so I'm assuming he's off tomorrow no matter what. You can go back-to-back with Davis and Herrera. You've got Hoach available. The whole bullpen's fresh for tomorrow. Matson and Frazier and on and on. So I imagine we're done with Holland until at least Friday, but hopefully they can you know, whip him together by this weekend. Nice job by Herrera and Davis, though, combining for two hitless innings, three Ks and a walk. The Royals moved to 25 and 14. The Houston Astros have the same record. And you keep thinking it's a nice little cute story, don't you? And kind of the same thing with the Twins. You keep thinking that's cute, but they're not real. But I'm sure they and a lot of other teams say the same thing about the Royals. We know that's not true with the Royals. They've proven that. But I'm sure those teams think they're for real, too. So it'll be interesting to see, especially with Houston. I mean, the Twins, I still think are going to come back down to earth here pretty quick. I don't see some of those guys continuing the seasons they've had. But who knows if they hang in it? I mean, they've got Irvin Santana back, like in another 40 games or something like that. Offensively tonight for the Royals, Mike Moustakis. Let's get to him again. I mean, can we talk enough about him? You might get sick of me saying it, but approach left field two more times three more hits tonight two doubles two rbis three for four for moose just wearing out the left part of the field we and, and you know his counterpart at first base eric cosmer we've seen him wear out with his home runs center and on over to the left just amazing to see moose talk is now hitting over 330 do i think he'll hit 330 no do i think he could hit 300 yeah there's nothing that's not real about his average is on base. I mean, it's, I mean, especially, you know, the approach, it's completely different. Your eyes don't lie, which is why I've been very positive and very believing in Omar Infante all year. Now I did before the year think it was a bit odd that Omar didn't get his arm and elbow cleaned up over the off season and said he would take care of it after this year. I was a little bit confused by that, but the Royals didn't feel it was bad enough at that point. So 
you know, no harm, no foul. Right here in front of me, I've got, let's bring it out here, drop this thick book here. The Baseball Prospectus 2015 Essential Guide to the 2015 Season. Amazing. I've spent hours looking at this. They had Omar Infante. They loved him. The guy they expected to improve the most in a couple of their metrics in here. So, coming into the year, uh, Omar struggled out of the gate, but the good news is defensively, he's been much better than expected this year. The throws have been much better than expected this year. Last couple weeks especially, his arm looks the best it looks as we've had him. We already know what he's done for Alcides Escobar. Escobar's talked about that, how he's helped him mature as a man and as a player. And now Infante is starting to chip in with the bat a little bit, the last 10 games. The last 10 games, he's 13 for 38 with six RBIs and six runs. And again, 10 games is a relatively small sample. Don't get me wrong. I'm not going to proclaim that he's fixed and going to hit 300 and... You know, he's six in the league in doubles. I'm not saying that's going to continue. But I, I think Omar Infante is going to have a, a pretty damn good season for the Royals. Still only 33 years old. Has he peaked? Yeah, probably. Does he have good years left? I think so. Has Dayton Moore not earned our trusts by now, giving him a four-year deal? It didn't work out quite as well as we would have expected last year. But like I said, the intangible with Escobar... We don't know exactly how much that helped, but if we're going to give James Shields all this credit for everybody, like Duffy, does Infante not get credit for Escobar when Escobar has said time and time again, and from what people have told me within the organization, how much Infante's done? Why well, I've never understood the anger towards him at the start of this year. He struggled with the bat, but defensively was fine. He's a number eight hitter in this in this lineup, and he's doing a damn good job now. Driving in runs when he needs to. He gives you good at-bats the majority of the time with games on the line and run-producing situations. Two for three with a run and an RBI again tonight. Omar's starting to hit. So between Dayton Moore and between even baseball perspectives, which I respect immensely, uh, smarter about baseball than I am. I mean, there's lots of things you know beyond, beyond my knowledge that I'm still trying to learn completely. Nobody is a complete sabermetric perfection except for the guys that write this book I mean it's it's amazing so between those two things coming into the year the belief of those two in my own eyes I trust my own eyes I've been watching this game inside and out for close to 30 years now the Royals organization minor league and major league level for 24 years really inside and out I trust my eyes and, and I see Omar Infante getting around on fastballs this year his bat speed seems better I don't know if he's feeling healthier I don't know what the deal is but I'm just telling you he's going to have a good year so it's good to see him, and please stay positive if you're one of those people on the fence about him or even one of the haters. It's all good. You're still a Royals fan, but give the guy a little credit. He's, you know, I like him. I, I do. So Omar Infante, a nice night. Wanted to give him some love. Paulo Orlando, two for three with a run, including a big bunt hit earlier in the game. Paulo saying, I don't want to go back to Omaha. Starting to get the bat going a little bit. He's had some bad luck, too, in the last... What, but what? the last 10 to 12 games, he's, he's squared up three or four balls that were near gap shots. So he's had a little bit of bad luck. So good to see him getting some hits. I still think he'll probably end up back in Omaha, unfortunately. Although it's a good problem to have for the Royals to have those kind of guys at AAA. Dyson, no options. The Royals can't keep five outfielders when Rios comes back, at least not long term. And we'll see Orlando again, plenty more this year. August, September, good chance in the postseason roster as well, having the extra levers out there. So anyway... Good news tonight for the Royals. Things are just clicking right now. I mean, and if Ventura can start throwing even 80% this good, if he can just start 
you know, repeating and getting some consistency of the secondary pitches. This is this, this is the result. It's going to be this. And if Duffy can sniff his potential, whew, I shudder with excitement thinking about that. And that's what she said. All right. So tomorrow it's Jason Marquise against Jeremy Guthrie. Jason is three and three with the six six three. Jeremy three and two with the five four four. Jeremy is very excited about this start. I think he will do well tomorrow. Jason Marquis, start number eight. Giving up well over 50 hits in 38 innings. Been getting shelled this year. Against the Royals, he's been good lifetime. 3-0 with a 3-6-0, but take that for what it's worth. Only 14 career ABs for the current Royals roster against him. So not a lot of experience. Nobody more than Gordo and Hosmer's three apiece. So they're essentially strangers to him. Guthrie has a 2-1-5 in five interleague games. Take that for what it's worth also. It'll be interesting to see how he does against a team that kind of relies on the home run ball that it has a lot of power in the lineup. I like that it's a little cold tomorrow night, too. That could help us out a bit. Guthrie is 1-1 one one lifetime against the Reds in two starts. 37 at-bats for the Reds against, you know, their, their current hitters against Guthrie. So they've seen him quite a bit. The Royals sweep tomorrow. They get it done. I thought they might sweep the Yankees series. It ended up being two out of three. They're due for a sweep. They, they, they get this done tomorrow. We'll have it for you again on Clubhouse Conversation. Hope you were able to check out our interview that we did with a kid named Andrew Edwards in High A Wilmington. Listen to that interview. He's an interesting kid. You know, a later round draft pick, not a guy that's going to be in these prospect books, and not a guy with overall gaudy numbers so far this year. But the velocity, he trained with Sean Manaya over the winter, him and Trip Davis, those three, and he's up now to 94 to 96, pretty much sitting there with a fastball up to 98, 99 at, at times. So, a kid with stuff who's six foot six to keep your eye on out of the bullpen in Wilmington. We talked to him, great kid. On Monday, we got an interview with Steve Stanley, who pitched here in 05 and 06. We'll be talking to Aaron Brooks later this week. He's pitched in Kansas City a couple times this year, or not this year, once this year and once last year, but you get the point. Back down in Omaha. Takes the the hill on Thursday. We'll talk to Aaron. So, you know, lots of interviews. we got plenty more Major League guys coming up soon. Plenty more former Major League guys. Multiple-time All-Star next week. We'll give you a little hint on that. Subscribe to us is what I'm saying on iTunes, clubhouseconversation.com. Bookmark us. We're on Facebook, at Royals Clubhouse on Twitter. And we'll talk to you again tomorrow. Have a great night. Go Royals!